What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manafeld. We've got Robert Stangler, Nick Budig on the mic. More off-season talk today. It's free agents under the radar, players you might not have heard of. We've got nine of them to go over today. I'm pumped for it because we love our under-the-radar names. Everyone's talking about the DJ LeMayhews, the Trevor Bowers. we got some you may not have heard of. But Robert Sangler's here to break it down for us. Robert, uh, love it. Love off-season yeah, talk. I mean, it sucks there's no baseball, but hopefully uh, well, this is an eventful off-season. I mean, well, I mean obviously mean, there's baseball. I'm talking about MLB, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I, been I hard at, you've been hard at, hard, uh, at work watching those KBO. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Seriously, Cheng Moku, man, oh, man, is he just putting out seven shutout innings today. The Dinos are one win away, guys, from winning their first title. I'm super excited. I really hope they get it because the Bears have been defending champs last year. They've won a few. They get a huge fan base, even in NC Dino territory, which is surprising. Like the Dino fans just not coming out. Pretty scary. The the Bears got all the love. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Seriously. I don't understand. It's sad. They got Ditka on their side. <laughs> Uh, Nick, how's it going, man? You excited to talk some uh, under the radar free agents? We got some former really twins excited. on here. Well, One I mean, former you, twin. You can't. We can't do a ranking or a or a list without having twins on here, right? <laughs> not on this. Not on this show. You're right. Not on this show. I'm good. I'm excited. It's a two day work week, and then we got we got Thanksgiving, and so uh, looking forward to the break, and but looking forward to some some baseball talk first. Oh right, yeah. that's I forgot. I'll be going to Minnesota tomorrow. Same. Why not, man? Driving. You forgot you were driving to Minnesota. Yeah. We, well, I mean, the men. I mean, to mention it on the podcast. I'm glad we could remind you. That. Yeah, no. I was getting a little nervous. <laughs> no, I mean, I forgot to mention that. I see That's you're what's not going packed on. yet. I get to surprise my family. I'm excited. Wow. You're surprising okay. them. They don't know. Well, only Catherine knows. Yeah. Well, I should oh, not tell them. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Remind me not to tell them tomorrow, though. Are you guys having yeah. big gatherings or just your? No, it'll be a little, little some, some like maybe five or six okay. people. Keep yeah, under nice. ten. Yep. Yeah, we're staying oh, yeah, home for Thanksgiving, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, my wife's a vet, so she's been exposed. Military? We got to get – no, not a military <laughs> vet. <laughs> a pet veterinarian. And so we got to get tested because we might have been exposed. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. It's not a bad idea. Should we but... get tested after this? No, I, there is nowhere to get a test right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's pretty rough. We're, I think uh, everyone's trying to get tested before the holidays. Yeah, they're doing like these uh, speedy tests up here. Our uh, school district was like one of six in North Dakota to get selected for these like 24 hour tests. Wow. You get one? It's on Saturday. We'll see. I don't think oh, I'll be up there. Nice. Yeah, because we were going to do that, but it was like $150. I'm like, I'm oh, really? $150 yeah, on a speedy test. I'll just go. They have like free ones where you can go to like a line of medical clinic, but they're booked out for a week. So we're just going to kind of lay low. <clears throat> Whatever. All right, let's get some baseball talk. <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody as well. If you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, hope you're gonna enjoy some turkey uh load up on those calories you deserve it 2020 has been uh absolutely crazy um but make sure to uh, follow along for all of the off-season talk we're gonna be having we're on all of your favorite audio uh, audio, uh platforms so make sure to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher google play music uh, make sure to follow us on social media at such as pod on facebook and twitter and send us an email with your question or comments at these stitches podcast at gmail.com that's these such as podcast at gmail.com let's just get right into it uh we're gonna each of us gave, uh came up with a list of three under the radar free agents that we want to talk about uh, these are guys that aren't getting a lot of love in the whether it's the 
not in the elite tier or they're just not getting a lot in the media, uh, we're going to talk about them. Robert, let's start with you. Throw out your first one that you want to talk about. All right. So I'm probably going to botch this first name. Uh, so we're, we're trying to get the Japanese down. We're learning. Uh, Tomoyuki Sugano, starting pitcher for the Yomori Giants. Well-known, well-respected NPB. Some say he is the best NPB starter not only in the league, but in the last, like, 10 years. He's that incredibly good. Uh, obviously, 2019 was a little bit of a rougher spot for him, but if you look at the numbers, career 2.35 ERA, big strikeout guy. He struck out 200 guys in 2018. Maybe maybe not as big a strikeout guy, actually, but he's definitely got strikeout stuff. And the notable thing that a lot of people don't really realize, if you go back to the 2017 WBC, he dominated – major league hitting and I know it's one game it doesn't really always say a lot but those guys were bamboozled and they did not know what they were doing against this guy so he's got great stuff in big games very big pitcher I think he profiles more as probably a three starter in the major leagues but he definitely has the upside to be a two the concern is definitely that he is older so he's not like your typical 27 28 guy being posted but I tell you what, Sangano is definitely a pitcher that a lot of teams should be going after if they need a true starter because he has all the polish, all the makeup to be something special for a winning organization that's going to go deep into a postseason run. Yeah, I, I know you were going to throw out the Japanese pitcher. I had to, man. You, yeah. you know that I do that. <laughs> yeah. What are, some, what are some spots you think he could land? I, you know, it's tough. Honestly, I would love to see him in New York with either the Mets or the Yankees. I think it's a big spot. They just they know how to uh, go after those big market marquee players. Whereas I feel like Singano is one of those guys under the radar right now. Where we're talking about Bauer and um, some of these other guys, but Singano really could be that Bauer type pitcher. Really good stuff. Maybe not the huge strikeout numbers, but the low ERA. So I, I feel like the Yankees or the Mets, if the Mets really make a deep run and actually have some good offseason moves they really could utilize Sagano perfectly. Whereas the Yankees, I mean, man, if they re-sign Tanaka, put Sagano in there, and they obviously have Garrett Cole and the rest of their depth with Severino coming back, the Yankees are going to be very tough. Uh, they would be an easy favorite for me again, even over the Rays. Yeah, and you can't obviously count out the Angels, I feel like, because they no, you Ota really shouldn't. Otani yeah, is exactly. kind of like probably maybe like an anchor for some Japanese players. Absolutely. So I, I think would not so. be shocked if they get some Japanese players in the future just because yeah. they mm-hmm. know they have Otani and – stuff like that so yeah Tanaka I think is going to be key too because let's say a a team does sign Tanaka I would like I would think a Japanese player coming over to want to play with someone who understands Japan and his success the culture yeah like you Darvish Tanaka yeah so like you Darvish Tanaka Otani those I think those players are actually more key than just what they do on the field it's like Mm -hmm. recruit some of the Japanese players and we're going to see an influx of Japanese players coming in here we're already kind of seeing it too two or three players have been posted over the last month or so. Yeah, so. Ari Hara, like you said, Luke, earlier in our chat, he got posted today. He's going to be interesting because he used to pitch with Shohei Otani, so they have actually a pretty good relationship. Talking about the Angels, I think Ari Hara could be a good landing spot in the Angel organization. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Nick, give us your first under-the-radar free agent. Uh, my first one is the Indian second baseman, Cesar Hernandez. Um, he is kind of a surprising one. He's a – I mean, he's – an incredible fielder. He's, he, I mean, it, sadly he's only at second base, but he's a, an incredible fielder nonetheless. Um, he's a, he's just a contact hitting. He gets on base. He doesn't strike out often. Um, he has some, some 
some speed behind him. And I think he's a, he'd be a huge option for a team like the Yankees. And I think the Yankees should be key on him. Cause I, I think the Yankees are going to get one of the Indians middle infielders, whether it be Lindor or Hernandez. And I think Hernandez is a, obviously he doesn't have the talent of DJ LeMayu. Um, but I think he fits that, fits that role that DJ LeMayu play as a contact hitting get on base. Cause everyone else in that lineup is going to hit for power. Everyone else is going to try to drive in runs. Um, so if Cesar can get on base, he can provide a lot for the Yankees. And I think he could, I mean, for he could be a great second baseman for a lot of teams. Like I said, he plays incredible defense at second base. Um, and, and like I said, he gets on base. He, he hits well, again, not a lot of power, but you wouldn't need that if you have a lineup like the Yankees. Yeah. Cesar Hernandez is one of those weird players. It's like, he's good, but not good enough to like stick around as kind of like a mm-hmm. franchise player. Like he was with the Phillies for many years. And then now that he's kind of, bouncing around he's gonna get I think he's gonna get picked up for many years to come honestly yeah. but he's gonna be a t- player that's gonna get a lot of one or two year deals which is unfortunate because he's a great player yeah, he's I mean really he used good. to steal a lot more he said he used to be a better hitter but yeah, I mean, he he's a, still solid and he's he a great a fielder he's year. a gr- really good fielder like mm-hmm. uh let's see here he's 82 percentile and above outs above average on baseball savant oh wait no mm-hmm. this is John this is my next guy <laughs> but Hernandez is a good fielder yeah, he's um, and but yeah, I mean it's just kind of fortunate because a guy like that is uh is valuable, just not valuable enough to stick around. Well, mm-hmm. he makes up his power with doubles too. That's like Nick's big thing, you know. Yeah. Nick, you talked about maybe not having the home run power, but the doubles. He definitely had twenty, which will led the American League, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, and uh, like like Luke said, he didn't. I mean, he doesn't steal as much anymore. He didn't have a stolen base this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting on getting those doubles, getting on in scoring position. Is, is huge if he's not going to steal base at least he can get doubles and get I there. think he's a great two hitter I mean yeah, maybe, I really not, like maybe in the new age maybe not the new age two hitter but if you don't have a new age two hitter I think he's definitely a solid two hitter yeah he would I mean he, he played great for those for the Indians because I mean the Indians only had offense in the, in the infield and their infield yep. was infield was really good um and so I think that I mean that was a playoff caliber team so he's, he's proven that he can play and compete on a team that's that's playing for the playoffs so I think he could be a big get. He's only 30 years old, so. All right. Uh, I kind of prematurely spoiled my free agent guy, but mine's Jonathan <laughs> Scope. That's the former twin on our list here. Played with the Tigers, now a free agent after the one-year deal. Um, I like Jonathan Scope a lot. Um, mm-hmm. He's not really my type of player to like either. I just – I think at second base, he's, he brings a lot of valuable stats you don't see in a second baseman. One, he's a good fielder. Like I said, 82nd mm-hmm. percentile and outs above average. Uh, two, he brings power and de- a decent stick, um, which you don't get a lot at second base as well. And so uh, I, I like him. And he's kind of like Cesar Hernandez, where he's good enough to play for teams, but not good enough to stick around for a while. Mm-hmm. And this obviously was a huge prospect for the Orioles back in the day and never really panned out to be kind of a franchise cornerstone. But I think a team could use a lot of different teams could use his services, uh, including, you know, the Tigers. They wanted to bring him back, I think. <laughs> He seemed like he was a pretty good contributor there, but maybe on like a winning ball club, he could be helpful. Um, maybe yeah. the, I wonder if the Indians would be interested in him. I don't Make know. Make his trip around the central. But yeah, you could. So <laughs> the one thing I don't like about him, his walk rate is terrible. It always has mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's not really, he can't really hit in the top half of the order. He's kind of a bottom half of the order type of guy just because he doesn't get on base enough, but he does bring a lot of tools and looking at some of his numbers this year, he had decent power. He had eight home runs and 162 at-bats. His exit velocity was about the same, but his hard hit contact went down, uh, and, and so did his barrel percentage. And so I think there's a little bit of a bounce back. Even though he had a decent year, I think he could uh, be another 30 home run guy at second base, which is super valuable, I think. 
Yeah, I really like him. I was actually really upset that the that the Twins let him go. I know they had a rise behind him, but even even outside of the just the, the on field, I've heard how great of a clubhouse guy he is, how much of a leader he is, and it's kind of proven with the Orioles with him and Machado. It seemed like he kind of helped with Machado and all that, um, being that that Latin American connection. I know, I know, Robert, you love that. <laughs> how how much that really does matter with these players. Mm-hmm. We talk about Nelson Cruz doing that, but he was one of the players I was hoping the, the Twins would would keep because he does. He was probably their best defender on the infield last year, maybe one of their best fielders last year outside of Kepler. So he's a, he's a great leader. He's a, has great potential. I thought the Tigers were a great fit for him. So, I mean, maybe even a, a rebuilding team could use him. It's crazy to think he's 29. Like I remember when he was still like a huge prospect, the Orioles. Yeah. And, and we used to call, uh, we used to call him Jonathan <laughs> Shoop because we didn't know. Yeah. 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 It's Jonathan yeah. Scope, obviously. Did you have that, that fame of meeting him, Luke? Yeah. I was about to say, I have a fun story. When I met him, I went, I was I went to uh, freshman year of college. I met two two baseball players who played there from Curacao, which is where a lot of good baseball players are from, including Scope. They actually played together on the 2004 Little League World Series team that actually won the whole thing, the Curacao team. So they know like Jerks and Profar and Drawn Simmons, Scope, and many others. But so Scope was with the Orioles. He made a trip to the Twins uh, to Target Field. It was the second year, I think, and. He got them free tickets, but he needs, they needed someone to drive because they didn't have driver's license here in America. <laughs> so they're like, hey, can you drive us? And so they borrowed their friend's car, and I drove their friend's car. Obviously, <laughs> no insurance, nothing like that. <laughs> went to, to right. Drove from Iowa to Target Fields, like three hours, and uh, went there. And then after the game, we went down to the dugout and met him and uh, saw, like, Nelson Cruz and Manny wow. Machado in there, too. One of the best memories. I am a little salty, though, because they got – I don't know if Jonathan Scope thought I was just like there, like a chauffeur or something, like not actually their friend, but he gave them like <laughs> autographed balls from like all those players and a bat, his own bat oh, and stuff. I got like, all I got was his autograph. And so like, right. I was Your like, time oh, come, sweet to get like a Manny Machado and Nelson Cruz Your autograph time ball. But now I, now I look at, I'm like, I'm older now. I don't really care that much, but right. at the time yeah. I was kind of like, what you the have to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a cool story, fun story. And that, that day, Nelson Cruz hit the biggest home run I've ever seen at Target Field. You could probably still find the video if you search Nelson Cruz monster home run at Target Field. <laughs> it's like top of the third deck, and I'm not even joking you. It was That's meant to be, is. man. He was meant to be a twin. Yeah, he's, he's a beast. <laughs> still is. All right, uh, let's go back around. Robert, give us your second free agent. Yeah, so my second one is staying a little bit more in the Asian market here. Shinsu Chu, one of the best Korean hitters ever, probably in Major League Baseball. Something that was really notable is he had a down year, but a lot of people did. He didn't quite have that on-base percentage. Everyone is so accustomed to seeing that 370 and higher. But he did have six stolen bases for a 37-year-old man, which is pretty pretty interesting because he still carries some kind of speed, even though he's just a designated hitter now. I would love to see if the National League brings back the DH, I would love to see him in an Arizona Diamondback uniform because I think his veteran leadership – the way he gets on base, a true leadoff, in my opinion, would be established in Arizona for the first time in a long time, something that the Dimebacks desperately need. But, I mean, there's a lot of organizations out there that could really use his services. But Chu, to me, just – I really think, yeah, he's old, but if you can get him on a one-year deal, make it happen, maybe on a team that's in contention or a borderline team, like I said, maybe the Diamondbacks, that could be on the fringe of a wild card, but not, you know, I don't know. That would be a good spot for him. Chu has been a very reliable player over the years, and I think it's time that he gets on a winning ball club team. I just think when he was with Cleveland, like he had a few good years, like the team itself, 
And then the Reds, they just never really panned out when he was there. Texas is just never – I mean, they just kind of fell off. Chu needs to be on a winning ball club. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like Sinchu Chu. The only problem is uh, I see kind of the classic signs of uh, regression for him, mm -hmm. uh, age-related regression. You know, he's 38. Um, yeah, he's not he young. still hits the ball relatively hard, but, you know, his whiff rate is going up. Uh, he's – not walking as much as he used to, mm -hmm. which is weird. It's, it's gone down mm -hmm. the last three years from 13% to 10%. And that's a huge part of his game was his on-base mm -hmm. percentage. And so, like, those are kind of the signs that he's chasing, maybe trying to make up a little bit because his bat speed's slowing down. And you see that a lot with elite players is when they start to regress and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they start chasing because they're just trying to, you know, get the ball, uh, hit the ball. And so that's kind of what I'm seeing with him. It doesn't mean he's not going to be valuable. I just don't think – you can count on, count on him as being that reliable leadoff hitter. And in yeah. 2020, he did struggle a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But His I on mean, base percentage was still good, but when you're hitting 236, yeah. um, a 323 yeah. on base percentage, that's good that's relatively, but it's not good in the grand scheme of things. No, yeah. but again, a lot of players that were stars just had bad years. So, like, that's I want to take – I don't want to take it too – Yeah, but not players that were 38. No, yeah. you're right. Not. Nah. But – Again, I don't want to look too much into it. Maybe next year, then we're going to start seeing maybe the regression you're talking about. The interesting part is he had six stolen bases at 38. That's what I'm saying, which is mm -hmm. so weird to me. Like, athleticism is still there. Yeah, which is but, but his sprint speed's not that great. So no, it's I think not. He's just, just a smart, smart player. Just a smart runner, mm -hmm. yeah. I like I like Chu, but I just think uh, mm -hmm. whoever signs him needs to keep their expectations in check that you might not get the leadoff hitter you're looking for. He might not be a leadoff hitter anymore, honestly. Yeah. 323 on base percentage probably doesn't cut it as a leadoff hitter for a lot of big big league no. clubs. No, but 370 two years ago does. So if he, yeah, only, one, only one, only half that's a year where the fall removed. off is. Only half a year removed, so we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. But the walk rate was down, which is why I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was still 372 two years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying he's not walking as much and he's striking out more. Struggle. See. We'll see. D backs get him, we'll see. Because then I, I, can, so. I can I can say Bumgarner and him are washed on the same. Oh wow. Time. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. All right, Nick. That hurts my soul, second. man. Um, my second guy is is another guy you already mentioned is Jerkson Profar. Um, he's another interesting guy. We were talking before the podcast about he was kind of the biggest, probably the biggest prospect when we were all in high school. Um, he was number one prospect. He was 19. He was blocked by Elvis Andrus. Andrus um, and he was supposed he was projected to be a, a 2020 guy, 280 batting average, um, elite defense, but Andrews at the time was just playing too good a defense to move be moved um, and then he kind of injuries but now he's now he's kind of turned into that super utility role he's played every single position on the field um, and he plays good defense there he's not not elite everywhere but I think he he does fit turn into a Marwin Gonzalez role um, he does have a couple 20 20 home run seasons but he doesn't steal 20 bags he's a 10 I think he topped out at 10 bags a couple years ago uh, but like I said, he's a great utility role, and teams are teams are in love with utility players now, um, especially one team which I think he'll go to, and it's the Dodgers. And I think he's going to go there because they're losing Jock Peterson, they're losing just they could lose Justin Turner, uh, Kiki is another free agent they could lose, uh, Kiki Hernandez that is, um, and I think he fits that role. I mean, we talked about how much the Dodgers love depth, how much they love utility. Even if he's not going to hit, he's another guy like like we talked like I talked about Hernandez. I think the the Dodgers can can kind of hide that in the lineup with that, that kind of quiet power that he has. Um, but I really like him. He, obviously it's, he's, he's not going to stick at one position and start. He doesn't have to stick for it, but, but the, the 
the ability to give literally everyone on the infield a day off. Um, I think that's a huge option for the Dodgers and I guess any team in the contention really because of, of his, his, uh, his own depth on the field. That kind of fits the Dodgers mold. They had a lot of like versatile guys, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, and we don't know what's going to happen like Gavin Lux too. So there might be a spot at second base if Lux doesn't really uh, take yeah. the, take the role. So there could be kind of a semi-regular spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Cause I mean, we saw what they did with Taylor. Taylor wasn't, Taylor from when he played for the Mariners was not an offensive threat at all. And no. he kind of turned one yeah. into with the Dodgers and he's a, he's another super utility guy. So the crazy thing about Profar is he like never strikes out, which is no, weird. yeah. He's a really good contact hitter. Yeah. And so he puts he the bat on the ball. Um, and he actually had a really good year for the Padres. Yeah. Seven home runs and seven bags. That's pretty good. I'm yeah, looking you, at you liked him a few times, two years, Luke in fantasy baseball in the American league. And, even like last well, yeah, year, his 2019 was. Eh. <laughs> I mean, he, we talked about how much uh, Scout missed out on, missed mm-hmm. that. But I mean, still, there's there's got to be a reason. I mean, there's high yeah, I there's mean, always a reason. There's got to yeah, be something there. So. He fits the mold, like the role, like you're saying, Nick. If he is the super utility, I mean, athleticism. He was a shortstop. He plays mm-hmm. pretty good defense, like you said. He definitely has a spot somewhere in this game where if he can just sit, fit, sit, yeah. Sit fit in that role, then he's definitely going to be a super utility player. If uh-huh. he can't find his role and he thinks he's still like a superstar, then that's where he comes no. to be too big. You know, I think I, I think, think he's that. You know, Especially so? playing for the Padres. Yeah, he's he's always been a super utility. Because like he was the number one prospect in baseball. Yeah, like, he's I mean, got to be used to it by now. But he also know? got he was also gone. He also was hurt for two years. Yeah, he was. He and definitely was. I mean, he's only twenty seven years old. I think he's the youngest free agent right this year so i think that's another big thing yeah it could really work for him. him it's weird to think that he's still that young because it feels yeah. like he's been in the league forever we've heard about him for time. i mean like he still years. could have his best years ahead of him too you never know very yeah. true all right uh moving on to my free agent we're sticking with the middle infielders here ha sung kim i've talked about mm. a lot i talked about him a lot on this podcast along with jung ho lee both kiwoom heroes uh players but ha sung kim is being posted by the heroes he will be the youngest player to come over from the KBO through the posting system at 25 years old. So huge potential actually just born a few months after me. So that's pretty cool, <laughs> but huge Relation potential there. because of Class. his age mm-hmm. and uh, he could fit a lot of different teams because he can play uh, third base, second base, and maybe he plays shortstop for Kiwoom, but I think he's probably more of a fit at third or second because uh he's not as athletic he's not that great he's a good fielder but not that great so i don't think he sticks at shortstop but yeah. uh, he could kind of move all over the infield if he doesn't start but i think he should start and look at his numbers in the kbo which granted is you know equivalent to about double a but 30 home runs 109 rbis 306 batting average 397 on base percentage he also stole 23 bases so he's got some speed and uh a lot of scouts and uh writers are calling him uh, he would be a top 100 prospect in baseball yeah. if he was in an organization right now. And That's so big. when you get that kind of praise, you would think he'd get a lot more conversation around him, but he doesn't. And I feel like uh, he he could fit almost every ball club out there. And mm-hmm. that's because of his versatility. And obviously he's going to have – I think he'll have a decent stick too. Yeah. I, the thing about him is I think he doesn't get – I don't know if he'll get a starting job right away. I think he's going to yeah. have to earn it because coming over from the KBO, there's teams that are wary. And so he might have to stick it out in a versatile like, – utility role but he, i think mm-hmm. soon enough he'll get that starting a job somewhere yeah and i think that that age is really really beneficial for him because we see guys that come over from from the kbo and i mean they're like 
29, 30 years old. Yeah, and it's like, concerning. they'll have, I mean, teams will give them a, like a year and a half to perform. Cause it's like, I mean, they'll give them like one, one grace here. They come, come into a better league, but it's like, if you're not performing they I mean, it's like, you're already developed. You're 30 years old, but it's like <laughs> yeah. 25 years old. I feel like teams won't be as afraid to send him down. Maybe if he's struggling, cause he is so young and maybe get some more development. Whereas a, you're not going to pay a, a 30 year old to go play in the minors. You're expecting him to perform, perform right away. He's played in the played in a professional league, so I think 25 is gonna. It's that's. I think that's bigger than what what we think is gonna be. I think that's gonna be really beneficial for him staying with a club instead of being like Byung Ho Park and and really struggling and uh, kind of pan, fat, flaming out just because of not really performing well at his age. Well, the thing is, Kim is a fielder, whereas Park really wasn't. He was more of that power yeah. bat, so that definitely mm-hmm. won't get in Kim's head. I do think Kim will need like two years to adjust because again, exit velocity with the fastball and everything, it's just a different game, different breed. Whereas I think Kim does profile as a third baseman, but I feel like more second base is probably the better fit. Not to say he couldn't play third base because another guy, Korean player uh, a few years ago for the Pirates. Yeah. He was actually pretty Mm -hmm. athletic. He was a shortstop third baseman in Korea as well. So, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that the power and the feeling is definitely there. I'm really curious to see how much he makes in this market. That's what's really got my speaking my interest. Because again, in 2021, we have a lot of good shortstops that could become free agents. Whereas mm-hmm. Kim, right now, with his market, is he going to cash in here, or you know, like how how how's his market going to look? I'm I'm really curious about that because I do think because of his age, there's a lot of upside for sure. But I am a little concerned that his walk rate will not be as great at the major league level as it was in the KBO. I do yeah. see some swing and miss. So maybe the minors is a good first place for him. You think he'll start in the minors? It's very possible, depending I mean, on where he goes. That should be interesting because I think it's going to – I don't know how those posting deals work. Yeah. Right. I don't know if they're, like, guaranteed major league contracts. Seems like we never It'll be curious to see, see, see how that either. works if he gets, like, a minor league deal. Or... Well, we've seen them come, and then they sometimes go to the minors. I mean, like, I think you say Kikuchi went down there for a little bit too. So uh, it does happen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I think he's got a chance to make a big league club, but it's. I think you're right. It's going to take a little bit for him to. Uh, yeah, two years to, is a good to, to good, break into it. Good spot. All right, let's go to our last one and let's make it uh, relatively quick. Robert, you go with yours and go from there. All right, so my last one is a guy that used to be an all-star, Daniel Murphy with the Rockies. He's probably a first baseman now. Uh, excuse me, was with the Rockies. And so Murphy is definitely one of those two-strike approach guys that has been a legend in the postseason for the Nationals, was phenomenal, or excuse me, the Mets. And he has been a solid player with the Nationals even too. But the last few years have been a little bit of a decline. And again, it's the age. His defense was never really that great. But I really do think if the market for him is maybe a pinch hitter or a backup to it, as if you say maybe he's not a starter anymore, I think there's great value still in him in those big games and postseason baseball where he can maximize his value. Whereas a starter is just not so much there anymore, but not to say he couldn't start. I just don't think he could start for a great team. I think he's more on the low ball thing. I would say like the Orioles would be very smart to get a guy like him. And maybe if he does well, maybe trade him. But again, if he gets traded and goes to a winning team, he's going to end up being more like a role guy in like a bench spot, maybe pinch hit, maybe, you know, maybe start here and there against right-handed pitching. But Murphy, I think, still has great value because of that two-strike approach. I just think it's different in this game where we have to definitely look at things like that, whereas, like, the Rays, they're really good at maximizing role players. Maybe even the Rays cash in on him as well. Who knows? 
I like him still, even though his age is – he's pretty old. And the numbers yeah. aren't quite there. Yeah, he's I like him a lot too. But, like, the age, that. again, with, like, Chu, I mean, it's just – it's the – the factor that you can't run away from, man. I, mean, I know. It's tough. Mm. It's tough. That's uh, why one-year deals are fine. You just can't maximize long-term. Yeah, yeah. One-year deals. That's Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> Bauer style. All right, Nick, give us your last one. My last one is a twin that was last year. We'll see if he's is again. Jake Orderizzi. Um Very nice. He's a – he's 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 a super consistent pitcher over the past couple of years. Obviously, this past season was – you could look at it as a little bit of an anomaly. He was hurt pretty much all year. I think he only had four starts. But uh, from 2015, 2015 to uh, 2019, he was he he had just just above a three ERA, which uh, which is pretty good for for a guy who doesn't get a lot of hype. Um, and he, I think what does really well is he was a, he's a fly ball pitcher because he throws so high in the zone. But because he throws so high, it, he he keeps it in the park more just because players just can't square up with it enough um i think that's that's played really big into his 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 new kind of pitching regime um and i honestly think he's a great fit to return to the minnesota twins uh just because it seemed like two it seems like this year was kind of was supposed to be his his year to 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 sign with a big deal and obviously it didn't happen and he had success two years 2019 was probably his second best year career year so I think he has a lot of potential to to just be that number three, four starter uh, in a rotation and kind of hold down the fort, eat up innings, um, and just be a just be a solid pitcher. Yeah, I, I would Rizzi would be. I would love if he came back to the Twins, even though the injuries. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. The market's just weird. So yeah. All right, let's go to my last one here. This one uh, I've been uh, Reagan on age, and now I'm gonna uh, go back to. I have Jay Happ, who is oh boy, might be the oldest one out of the group. Um, but I, I think Jay Happ is a good fit for a one-year deal for a lot of different teams, uh, particularly his former team, the Blue Jays. They could really use mm-hmm. a guy like Jay Happ to round out that rotation because that's kind of been their biggest issue is the rotation. They have a great offense, but they don't have the pitchers. Uh, Hap sneakily put up a really good season after having a terrible 2019. Three, four, seven ERA, nine starts and 49 innings. Most importantly, Robert, that whip, 1.05. That's, that's really impressive. That's, a, that's elite. Honestly. That's that really is good. Elite. That that's is a really elite. good whip. And it's because he doesn't let up a lot of hard hit contact. I think what the biggest difference was for him in 2018, he had his career high strikeout rate, 26%. 2019, his velocity kind of fell off the fastball. It was like four miles an hour slower. And he had one of his worst careers ever. And mm-hmm. I think what happened in 2020 is he had to learn to adjust a little bit. The strikeout rate was still down. Let's see. It was last year's 20%. This year's 21%. Yeah, so it's still down. But he, uh, he must have used his arsenal a lot differently because of the soft contact he allowed. And so that leads me to believe that he can find success at an older age. Um, but like I said, this is a one year type deal, no more than that. And it's gotta be for a team. That's not, it's gotta be for a competing team. That's looking for a back end rotation arm. So maybe like the Braves or blue Jays kind of pop into my mind. Hmm. Do you hate J Hap? No, I, I don't. I feel like <laughs> something about his mechanics has changed. I can't really point it right now, but something's different about him mechanically as well I'll have to point that out somehow some way but something about him is different which doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing 
I just think that something has definitely changed for him where if he's starting to realize that, then maybe he does grow into that mold of he's going to be this older guy who's going to have the soft contact, which is totally fine. Or it's really good to have like a four or five guy in your rotation. Exactly. I have something like that. These days of being a two and three are definitely over. You know, like he's not going to well, strike Yankees out. Yankees signed him to be a two and three. Yeah, and exactly. He had that career just, year at the Blue Jays. Exactly, which is pretty concerning. So you have to really look at the eye test, really, with a guy like him. I don't think it's so much what he's done in his career. It's more so what has he done, you know, for me in that spot at that, that given time. And maybe mm-hmm. that one year was too much to look at as a sample size. What do you yeah, think? I think I, I knew that one year was an outlier because the strikeout rate yeah. jumped like four percentage points. Right. And so you you got to figure out the guy who's 35, that's not going to be sustainable. But I didn't think it was going to drop as much as it did. And it, like mm-hmm. I said, it was the fastball velocity. And I think he learned in 2020. He doesn't have the velocity anymore. He's older. So he had to be a pitcher. Not, I mean, he, he's always been a pitcher. Like he's yeah. never blown guys away, but he had to adjust a little bit. And I think, well, look, if he can command the fastball in and out and play off his breaking ball pitches, like most Asian pitchers do, there's no question he can still be a solid four starter in Major League Baseball like he did with that 1.05 whip, that definitely does translate. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to – that's nine. That's nine free agents that we're going to be looking for that maybe Starting isn't lineup. on a lot of uh, people's radar. Lots of good names. Uh, they'll probably pop up here in the next few weeks. It seems like these, <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> it seems like these smaller names get signed a little earlier than some of the bigger names because yeah. teams are kind of constructing their roster and they don't like to make those big signings until they've – gotten those lower level signings done so yeah. uh we'll see it maybe the next few weeks if we don't see the next few weeks you'll see it closer to the season yeah it'd be interesting it's, it's never really like there. winter meetings time maybe some of the players but yeah it, uh, these are some good names too. i think they're gonna make some impact except for uh robert's picks they're gonna be really bad yeah. wow it's yeah, always that's, that's always getting on me too yeah. old wow all right uh we'll have some more off-season content <laughs> in the next few weeks uh, i'm excited we're gonna have some prospect episodes with uh, some of the friends Robert's been making yes, down in Arizona. Very so excited about that. Some actual scouts out there who uh, know the game, uh, know some of these minor leaguers personally. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that one. We'll have Me that too. episode coming up uh, soon. We'll see. We'll see how this works out. The schedule works out, but I'm excited for that one. And so make sure you subscribe because we're going to have a lot of content like this coming up. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio, you can find us. Make sure you subscribe to us on our or Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Stitch at Stitches Pod. And then you can send us your questions or comments through our email at the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, watch the KBO championship. Well, I guess once this comes out, it won't be it'll be over. But it, I know, unless it gets extended. Unless it gets it extended. could go seven. Seven would be sick, dude. Yeah. Well, watch the highlights or watch the replay or something. Enjoy some baseball. And we'll talk to you next week.